Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Hey, Kevin, how you doing today? You know, man, I'm getting into the summer, I guess, uh, a summer mood, the mood of summer. Uh, and it, by the way, happy Father's Day. <laughs> and you as well. Hopefully everybody had a wonderful <laughs> Father's Day weekend. Of course, happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth, yes. What a wonderful Federal holiday now, uh, I guess as of last year for everybody. We're going to touch more on, on Juneteenth in just a second, Kevin. But hey, you said, uh, what'd you say, like happy summer on initially? Yeah, I'm mean, getting into a summer mood. I tell you, okay. yesterday was Father's Day and and I got in summer mood, so I sat around and did nothing. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of, Kevin, speaking of doing nothing, you, you see my uh, the shirt I've got on today, right? These, these oh, are the, okay. oh, the Atlanta... Well. The Atlanta Braves, the first place Atlanta Braves, not, you know, <laughs> I had the research team had to uh, dive into the standings for Major League Baseball. And as of this morning, June 19th, 2023, do you know what Washington Nationals record is today? <laughs> you know what? The summer is a great, that's my favorite season, you know? <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only so for all of our listeners out there, Kevin and I have a very friendly camaraderie, oh, robbery, me. whatever between Kevin's <laughs> Kevin's, <laughs> Kevin's uh, DC area sports teams and our Atlanta area sports teams. So nevertheless, hey, let's keep driving, Kevin. Uh, so kidding aside, we have we do want to definitely uh, wish everyone out there uh, a wonderful, happy. Uh, Juneteenth. This is a really important holiday, and and Kevin, you and I are going to touch on a special project from last year. But if we can, for starters, Kevin, tell us uh, in your perspective and your point of view, you know why Juneteenth is really important, in from your perspective. Well, really, um, Juneteenth celebrates the day when the last slaves was freed in in the United States in, in Texas, and actually. Happened in Galveston, Texas. It was the last major battle of the Civil War. Um, and while many people think that uh, uh, slaves were freed when President Lincoln announced the Emancipation Proclamations, that they realized that the, the country was at war. Mm. And although the Emancipation Proclamations supposedly freed slaves in the rebellion states, None of the slaves knew anything about the Emancipation Proclamation mm. until Union soldiers would emancipate or, um, their particular um, state or, or, or town. Mm. So the, the last city to be, um, I had a major battle was Galveston, Texas. So that was the, the last group of slaves uh, to hear about the Emancipation, emancipation uh, Proclamation. Mm. And the, the general uh, that uh, won the battle basically put out a, pro uh, uh, a proclamation uh, to inform all of the slaves that they were free and to tell all the um, uh, slave owners that they no longer owned slaves. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was on the ninth of June. Um, mm-hmm. Now in the um, now what now nowadays, however, it's 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 really expanded its its meaning, where it's um, uh, celebrating freedom uh, worldwide and the um, the push to eliminate modern slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of sex slavery that goes on. There is uh, human trafficking that's going on. Um, so there's, um, and it was uh, Juneteenth was fought, uh, was made a national holiday uh, uh, last uh, a couple of years ago uh, mm. by uh, um, President uh, Biden. So we we celebrate it nationally as not just a U.S. holiday, but an international holiday. Agreed, and you know I love what you shared there. Not only. Uh, do we um, recognize the history of the of the significance here in the states? And you know, there's certain parts of the country here that've been celebrating the 19th of June for for decades, for generations, oh, yeah. right? Yes. So as important as that is, I love the global perspective you're viewing it through, using that vehicle, that that history, that that dark chapter in our history, but the celebration um, that Juneteenth is all about, and then using that. To put visibility and a spotlight on the modern slavery that exists around the world, unfortunately, and uh, use that as a call to action for folks everywhere to really acknowledge it and, more, most importantly, do something about it. Right. To be a day of action. Absolutely. A day of action. So, <laughs> one quick call out. I want to share, you know, I think this was last year, Kevin. I'll tell you, the, the days and the months all come together. Oh, when we were in Galveston. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this feels like five years ago, but it was just last year. You see Kevin and I both sitting down with locally who they call in uh, in the Galveston area and Houston area, Mr. Juneteenth, <laughs> uh, Douglas Matthews, who is a local leader. So uh, Douglas Matthews sat down with us. He's He has been for over 30 years, as I recall, he has been <laughs> working and making sure folks are aware of the history of Juneteenth and, and getting more folks bought in on on the truly the need to celebrate and recognize it and to use it, to your point, Kevin, as yes. a day of service. That was a really special interview. He's a very humble but um, incredible leader. And yeah. then, Kevin, to your point, Tim Nelson made an appearance on that episode. We're going to drop a link to it here in a second. Kevin, tell us about uh, what Tim spoke about and, of course, what Hope for Justice is doing. Yeah, so uh, Tim is CEO of Host for Justice, naturally headquarters in uh, the UK. Um, they have uh, a a national center here, um, uh, office here in Nash. I think it's Nashville, Tennessee, yep. and they're actually located. Uh, they have offices in uh, eight countries uh, worldwide, and they really focus on um, ending modern slavery. Mm. So um, we've been uh, collaborating with him in order to expand their program um, here in the United States, especially because of the the fight against human trafficking uh, across the uh, southwestern border of the United States. So the uh, the Texas border is is really a hotspot for human trafficking. And unfortunately, you hear a lot about um, people, you know, dying in, in, in back of uh, semi, um, you know, semi trailers and in vans, uh, and they they 
they pay huge amounts of money to get smuggled yes. um, from uh, South American countries, um, and it's it's just horrible what they get what they get put through um, in order just to find a, a better life. Agreed. So, folks, uh, use this if you're new to Juneteenth. Hey, dig in, learn more about the history and why it's so important, and equally as important. Really, um, do your research on the scourge of uh, modern slavery and human trafficking across the globe, including here in the states. It's 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 sad to know just how 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 much revenue is produced, sadly, from human trafficking and modern slavery, and of course everything else that goes with it. So do your homework, and again, for all the folks out there, happy happy Juneteenth to celebrate Juneteenth. and act together. Okay, so Kevin. I want to make sure everyone knows uh, here is the link to the special episode on digital transformers honoring Juneteenth and abolishing modern slavery. So join that. And Kevin, look here. My mom, Lee Luton, is back <laughs> with mom. us here today. <laughs> so via Facebook, that's an easy way to watch it. Facebook, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, you name it. Well, uh, she's a um, uh, root. She's always on the show. You, you must have been a good boy. <laughs> I hope so, Kevin. I hope so. But hey, folks, uh, today it's, uh, I should have said this in the front end, it's a special edition of the Supply Chain Buzz. It's the Digital Transformers edition of the Buzz. So we're going to be talking about a variety of news and developments across global business with an extra helping of all things technology and digital transformation today. And we want to hear from you, just like uh, Leah Luton popped in there like that. We want to hear from you. So if you're tuned in, watching us live, uh, hey, drop drop a comment and your take on some of these things we're talking about in the chat, and we'd love to share that with our global fam. Okay, so Kevin. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, let's see. We talked about Juneteenth. I want to talk about uh, this. With that said, we released over the weekend. I got a little trivia for you. So it was Father's Day, Kevin. Okay. We had a little bit of fun with Malcolm McLean also known as the father of containerization, <laughs> right? Now, here's a little trivia, as I mentioned. So get this. The Ideal X was a converted World War II oil tanker that Malcolm McLean bought from the U.S. government, yeah. right? And on April 26th, 1956, sailing out of New Jersey and bound for, we were just talking about Houston, the port of Houston, which is a vibrant, robust port. The Adel X essentially became the first commercially successful container ship. Did you know that, Kevin? No, I, I didn't know that. And I guess that that um, was the forerunner of what caused intermodal uh, system. Oh, man. Container off the ship and, and put it on a truck and then put it on a train. Um, it That and then some. It, it, it Especially when it comes to... Um, you know, it powered the global economy, especially mm -hmm. as a standardization and adoption and the infrastructure had to adjust, of course, to adapt to more of a container uh, container approach. But once all that kind of came together in the decades, I'll call it maybe the 15, 20 years that ensued, man, global shipping, the costs came down. It became easier, right? When things become yeah. easier, folks do them a lot more often and uh, amongst other and, and, and we don't have enough time to dive into it here today, but ships could get in and out of ports far faster, far faster. So really it spurned, it was a, a really important 
uh, development to this global economy that we all enjoy, you know, warts and all today, Kevin? Yeah, you know, uh, that really came um, into focus when Alder Containers was stuck in uh, China. <laughs> yes. And we couldn't get anything out of China. <laughs> Where, where's my stuff? Where's my where's stuff? Where's my stuff? <laughs> well, hey, folks, we, we dive a little more into that story, and y'all can check that out. Yeah, use that link to this uh, weekend's ep, um, edition of With That Said LinkedIn newsletter that we publish just about every weekend, and you can learn more about Malcolm McLean, the father of containerization. Okay, so Kevin, we have one more thing I'm going to touch on really quick before we dive into our first story here today. All right. And that is this webinar coming up tomorrow, June 20th at 12 noon Eastern time. Kevin, count them. We're going to go, we're going to offer one, two, three, four, five reasons network design is essential to supply chain resiliency. So join us as we welcome in our friends from OptiLogic and CH Robinson. It's free to join, but you got to register. And we're dropping the link to do so in the chat. You know, you get so much information to those webinars. People don't, I mean, this is like, this is like going to school for free. I think people don't realize how much real useful, actionable information and knowledge is, is delivered to these webinars. You are so, uh, so, so true, Kevin. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, uh, knowledge is, uh, whether it's uh, digital knowledge or in-person knowledge or any kind yeah. of version, it is power, right? And it, it, you, can, um, you can get better in your job. You can help your organization get better at what they do. Uh, and who knows the the universal themes that that really connect this subject to that subject to that subject across global supply chain. So, Kevin, we invite folks to join us again tomorrow, June 20th, 12 noon Eastern time, as we dive into this topic here today. Um, one, one last thing, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but whenever I count things off, my brain goes straight back to um, – on Sesame Street, there's a little animated snippet. <laughs> it was a pinball machine. You know, and you're laughing. So hopefully you know what I'm talking about. But it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You know what I'm talking about, Kevin? No, I, I never oh, I never heard of Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes whenever folks are counting something off, I'll share that little that little um little little riff. And most yes. folks have no idea what I'm talking about. But Kevin, I am glad you do. I'm not that old. I'm sorry, Scott. You got me beat there. You got good genes, Kevin. <laughs> you got good genes. All right. So heads up. Uh, we, uh, we're getting a little uh, notification that LinkedIn comments may not be coming through. So maybe LinkedIn's got oh. one of their, their famous glitches they have from time to time. So Josh Goody and Tom Raftery here. Kora Kose with our friends at Everstreamer here. Now get this, Kevin. Kora says, hey, glad to see you back, Scott. You got some sun in Cape Town. Hey, I might have gotten a little sun. He says, uh, hashtag slavery isn't only one society's problem. It's our challenge as humanity. Not yeah. fighting it is not an option. So he appreciates Scott and Kevin and hope for justice pushing this. And we should all help to fight it. Korai. Absolutely. absolutely. Kevin, your quick comment there. It's important. I mean, just recognizing that it's an issue, as you say, that's the first, that's the first step, right? Recognizing there's a problem. And then you can engage people to actually take action to, to solve the problem. So thank you very much for highlighting that. That is right. Yeah, we are a global society. So what problems 
arise in one country really affects all countries. That's right. And we have dysfunctions like any global family does. Uh, crazy uh, <laughs> Uncle Jimmy gets <laughs> has a little too much <laughs> fun at our <laughs> certain reunions. I hope we don't have an Uncle Jimmy. I hope you don't have an Uncle Jimmy, no. Kevin. We're not picking on anybody, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into. We have any, have any Jimmy's in this channel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any just yet. <laughs> Disparaged all of uh, uh, you know, viewers. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our first story here today on the Supply Chain Buzz Digital Transformers Edition. And surprise, surprise, just like Gomer Pyle, it's about digital <laughs> transformation. So let me pull up this graphic here, Kevin. So this uh, this article here, interesting interview from our friends at Retail Touchpoints. It features Matthew, I'm going to say Hule, H-O-U-L-E, Matthew Hule, I think, the CIO of Aldo Group. As he shares key takeaways from their ongoing digital transformation, Kevin, tell us more. Well, um, actually, he was very focused on the retail industry, right? And uh, and he talked about first to talk about like the two major challenges that arise when you're doing digital transformation. Um, the first we talked a lot about is actually mm. harnessing and leveraging data. Uh, you need to be very be effective uh, of not only recognizing the data that's important, but dealing with the exponential growth uh, in, in data generation and availability. Uh, so the CIO of any organization, not just in retail, um, has to harness it effectively. Uh, you have a whole lot of data at your disposal from customer behavior to their preferences to insights, actual insights. Uh, but so it involves not just the right technology, but also the right skills, processes, and culture uh, mm. to manage and use the data. And, and mm. the second challenge you talked about is having agility in your organization. Uh, the marketplace is global and it's dynamic. Uh, so you have to ensure that you have agility built into your technology strategy. Mm. Uh, digital transformation isn't a one-time thing. It's a journey. It's a continuous journey. Uh, and especially in retail, which is a highly uh, dynamic industry, you have changing customer expectations, emerging technologies, and really evolving business models. So you need to be ready to uh, adapt and adopt, actually, quickly and pivot strategies as, as necessary. So while uh, recognizing these two challenges uh, to a CIO, he also brought up the five we're doing numbers again. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the Sesame Street of supply chain. Um, <laughs> five, the number five That's right. uh, CIO priorities. Uh, and uh, first is prioritizing your customer in every decision, in every technology initiative. You must really ask. How does this benefit your customer? How does it enhance their experience? Uh, second, while you're leveraging your data, don't forget the human. We talk mm -hmm. about this 
often, right? Data is crucial for personalizing the customer experience and making informed dis- business decisions. However, it's important to remember that data is just a tool, okay? It's not a substitute for human insight and understanding. Mm. Uh, number three is agility, okay? The pace of change is accelerating, um, and agility is more important now than ever. You must be ready to adapt and adopt quickly to changing customer expectations. Number four, cybersecurity. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Cybersecurity and privacy, as he says, is non-negotiable. Mm. As you become more digital and data-driven, it's really, really important to have cybersecurity in place and privacy that cannot be overstated. You must ensure that your systems and data are secure and that a customer's privacy is protected. And and finally, number five is collaboration across all of your operational silos. Creating a seamless customer experience requires collaboration, and it's not just the job of the IET department, but of the entire organization. So if you understand and focus on those challenges uh, and also focus on addressing the five CIO priorities, you're really going a long way with respect to digitally transforming on your organization and your supply chain. Well said, Kevin. Great story. And of course, we're referring to this retail touch points piece, uh, sit down with Aldo Group CIO lessons and priorities learned from their ongoing digital transformation. Two quick thoughts there, uh, Kevin. First off, I am so glad you mentioned adapt and adopt, especially the emphasis on the latter. Because, you know, as leaders out there, as they're, as they're selecting technology, hopefully with their teams, but eventually you purchase it, you bring it in, you got to implement it. And then, of course, users have to adopt it and get this, use it. How about that? And you can have the best, latest, greatest magical wand, right, that will do enormous things. But without critical adoption, without critical adoption, you you get nothing. You get nothing. It's kind of like going, going back to those that, con, that uh, containerization. If ports and markets around the globe had not adopted containerization and, and, you know, bringing in the right cranes and and just the ports so they can shift over from, you know, bales to um, entire containers, then that, which was the latest, greatest thing in supply chain since sliced bread, none of that would have taken off and transformed the global economy. So I'm glad you mentioned adopt and adapt. And then secondly, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. One of the things, you, you know, uh, executives, when they have to make a decision, typically or traditionally, it's always a a, a buy or build um, decision, right? You either build what you need or you buy what you need. But in today's world, you can also rent what you need. So ah. Build, buy, or rent um, and adopt and adapt. Both of those are very important. Important when you're either uh, buying or renting. Right. Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, and, and of course, whatever option you choose, your kids didn't come steal it from you. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, Kim Winter, good to see you. Uh, Kim is with us here, probably via LinkedIn. We're still having a problem with LinkedIn comments, uh, but he says, uh, Greetings from the Middle East, all. 
lots of agility and growth going on around here, Kevin. And you're right, Kim. Across yeah, I was East. just in. Uh, I was just in Egypt, and next month I'll be in Dubai. Yes, man. All right, so Kevin, you're going to have to connect if you don't have plans already with the one and only Kim Winter. Is going to be the well, one and only Kevin L. Jackson. Wonder Twin <laughs> Powers activate. Um, oh, wow. what, <laughs> one other quick thing from this article that we're talking about from our friends at Retail Touchpoints. So the CIO states in this interview, Kevin, you kind of touched on this, I think, but the Auto Group is keenly interested. And three key needs, unified commerce, sustainability, and then personalization. And on that last one, Gartner identified mass customization as a big shift years ago. I bet old Corey Corakose was was part of that awesome research. <laughs> Probably. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as it dawned on me, Kevin, uh, in the last week or two, uh, so you know we've been flying forever. I can remember flying you know twenty something years ago when I was was in the Air Force for the first mm-hmm. time, and back when they had curtains. You know, in little prop jobs that go from <laughs> Wichita to Kansas City and Kansas City to Atlanta. And there was like three people in the whole plane. Remember the good old, good old days of having your seat to yourself? But anyway, kidding <laughs> aside, so the, this mass customization, if you remember back then, if your plane was fortunate enough to have a movie on it, everybody watched the same the movie, whether you liked it or not. Even if it was the really bad movie like Bewitched, as my wife made me watch 15 years ago in a movie theater. <laughs> But everyone had to watch it. And these days, as I was flying last week, it dawned on me as I kind of took a minute and just looked around the cabin. Yeah. Every single passenger has got their own video screen, watching all kinds of different stuff. And that really is a real simple illustration of, of where we're headed. That mass customization far beyond global air travel. But Kevin, does that resonate with you? And, and what else comes to your mind maybe when, when you think of mass customization? Well, it's actually also um, what you have access to. Uh, last time I was flying, um, well, last few times, I, I had to, you know, connect to the internet while I was in flight. That I had to either research something or finish the document before I landed, or send an email or get an email or actually chat in, in, in real time uh, through uh, WhatsApp. Right, so. We, we just don't realize how far we have come uh, with technology and how valuable it is. But it's not the technology that really matters. It's the information, right? Right. Connectivity, so you can get information, so you can connect to humans. So that's really important. Excellent point, Kevin. And that access, you know, call out the digital divide. There's lots of folks, lots of communities that don't have the access to information and technology that they need. Yep. Uh, But, hey, we'll save that for another show. So, Kevin, for the sake of time, we've got another article, another news story here that we want to dive into. And I'm going to pop up this. Well, I'll I'll bring that graphic up in a second. So our friends at Accenture, Kevin, recently uh, released the State of Cyber Resilience 2023 report. And I think you want to offer up your observations in kind of like two parts, two containers. What is in (laughs) container? What's in container one, Kevin? Worldwide. Oh, <laughs> so we're talking about Aldo and important of cybersecurity and um, privacy, right? Uh, when you're at, with your clients. So, what Accenture is actually uh, coined, I guess, is this term of a cyber transformer. And so, they're basically saying that digital data is critical, but you have to also be a cyber transformer. Um, and that means integrating 
uh, cybersecurity mm. and risk management in, in your business. Uh, you have to leverage a risk-based framework uh, into your um, cybersecurity actions and decisions uh, across your organization. And that includes not just your operations, but you're making sure that your executive leadership agree on a priority of assets and those assets are data, right, to be protected and to consider cybersecurity risk to be um, uh, 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 a major component of your overall enterprise risk. Um, it also talks about, and we could mention about, you know, build, buy, or rent, mm. leveraging cybersecurity as a service in order to enhance your, your cybersecurity operations. No one, unless your business is cybersecurity, it's kind of like impossible for you to keep up with the, right. the daily risk and, and problems that occur. So you need to partner with an organization that's focused on cybersecurity so that you can have agility within your cybersecurity operations. So you actually have a process that continuously monitors and reports mm. on your, the cyber risk. Um, and this is, goes to a larger part is your entire ecosystem. Tra cyber transformers are more likely than others to take such actions as incorporating their ecosystem or supply chain partners into their incident response plan and also require them to meet strict cybersecurity standards. So when you're operating um, in a business ecosystem, as we all do, I mean, I can't name one organization that doesn't have some type of supply chain, even right. if it's just an information supply chain. You have to integrate your partners into your own cybersecurity processes. And this also relies heavily on automation. Cyber transformers are more likely than others to leverage automation as part mm. of their cybersecurity activities. And once again, if the cybersecurity isn't your main focus as a business, you would need to leverage another organization that has the, the, the resources to invest, deploy, and operate um, automation with respect to cybersecurity. Um, and, and cybersecurity talent is just so scarce and right. expensive in, in the world. And it's, right. a, it's a real challenge uh, for, any, for any organization. Before you move to part two, you might be yes. wrapping up container one, but before you move to container two, I want to share something really quick, Kevin. I want to make sure you're yes. all right. Is it is this a good segue? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I want to make I want to give folks for any of our fellow visual learners out there. I'm a big visual learner. So you can tell me something until my ears bleed. <laughs> but once I see it, it sticks. And this is kind of what Kevin was just going through. This is uh the cyber transformers as coined by Accenture. And Kevin touched on each of these four and, and probably a few others, but you'll see there the big delta that exists between these cyber transformers that are um, that are really leading the charge and doing it the right way, and then all the laggards. And you can see the really big delta gaps, or the that's kind of redundant, the big gaps yeah. between <laughs> what cyber transformers are doing 
and uh, what everyone else is doing. So y'all check that out. And of course, we got a link, I think, to the report that we're going to drop in the chat here. And Kevin, um, give us, you got, you got part two, I think, as you're uh, talking <laughs> yeah. about what this research points to, right? Right. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, whenever you're talking about, I guess, anything in, in, in business is always uh, priorities. You're, the executives have to deal with priorities. Um, and in today's world, sustainability is becoming a big priority uh, and how to fit in and support a green economy. But unfortunately, many times that becomes the lowest priority, you know, Revenues first, you know, customer satisfaction. Now, we really, really don't care about the earth. So that don't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what, what, what happens, okay? So, um, but if you are a digital transformer within your industry and you want to practice um, being a cyber transformer in, in your business, you cannot underestimate or appreciate or focus on, you just can't ignore uh, sustainability. And mm. in supply chain, sustainability really is focused on uh, creating a circular supply chain. Um, and there's so many ways that you can address your digital transformation requirements, your cyber transformation requirements, and still the green still yes. be sustainable uh and some of the, and so essentially highlight some of the ways you can do this for instance yep. blockchain blockchain provides shared access controlled and shared access to data uh and gives you the ability to, to trace and verify actions uh through the supply chain the use of a digital identity leveraging biometrics and facial recognition to verify. Uh, the use of, of biometric payments uh, to share, produce a story, and let's the customer send direct and secure tips with fast settlements of uh, circular production, right? Better resource planning huh. and utilization, uh, capturing product authenticity to push, uh, um, prevent the knockoffs um, and confirm labor sources so that you're not sending your uh, money to uh, places where it is slave labor, uh, for instance, or child labor. Mm. Um, and uh, leveraging technologies, adopting technologies that support rising consumer interests. This is your digital transformation. And, and finally, ensuring that positive social impacts. Humans are critical. Humans are important. And your circular supply chain holds the potential to really change how food and retail goods are produced, which enhances the producer's incomes and environmental incomes and outcomes. It really supports Mother Earth. Love that. Uh, we got to do a lot more of that, a lot more action. Uh, I want to go back to something that highly technical term 
you used. Avoid knockoffs, folks. Avoid <laughs> knockoffs. Watch out for Uncle Jimmy and his knockoffs. <laughs> so, uh, but good stuff there. And I also, counterfeits. Um, Maybe that's the professional world, right? <laughs> that's right. Hey, we've got a link uh, again. Y'all can check out the report here, and I want to add a little little footnote to that. So, the research behind this report, Kevin, included insights from three thousand business leaders, including twenty five hundred. <laughs> chief information security officers and some 500 CEOs and CFOs. Uh, and two things there, one key recommendation, and you touched on this, but uh, Kevin, I think on the first part uh, from the research, Hey, appoint a cybersecurity leader as part of the core digital transformation team. Yeah. That person's responsible for orchestrating with their baton, right? Uh, cybersecurity across all transformation initiatives. To Kevin's point, it's a team job, but having one person to really make that be the reason they jump out of bed in the morning, it's really, really important. And then secondly, Kevin, I'd love for you to speak to either one of these. In larger organizations, more and more, just like we all celebrate in uh, the last, I don't know, five years or so, how yeah. now chief supply chain officers are a thing. There's more and more. They're multiplying. <laughs> yeah. Well, more and more, we're seeing both chief information security officers as well as a lot more ch uh, chief cybersecurity officers. And one yes. little factoid, this is a, so trivia is going to be another theme here today. It's widely held that Citicorp created the first uh, chief information security role in the mid-90s after a cyber breach. Kevin, uh, your final thoughts here. Well, you know, a lot of times they say cybersecurity is everyone's job, mm. but there's a corollary to that. If it if it's everyone's job, then it's no one's job. That's right. <laughs> and very bad, right? So, yes, it's key to have a leader, someone that's going to uh, set the standard. Somebody is going to uh, provide, you know, the right information um, to the rest of the organization and to coordinate activities uh, across all the different uh, parts uh, of the organization. Yep. And data you know, is the, the lifeblood of any organization. So, and you need to protect that data, ensure that the, that data is um, is uh, protected and that uh, you address all of the privacy issues uh, required, which are different in, in every country around the region, around the world. That's right. Uh, so good things come to those that have oil, chips. Um, and data. Data and containers. <laughs> so they're the ones buying buying golf leagues and who knows, football <laughs> leagues. Who knows what's to come? Um, all right. So uh, we got a uh, So we're coming around the home well, stretch here on this edition of The Buzz with uh, Kevin L. Jackson, of course, on the Transformers edition of The Buzz here today. And Kevin, you know, Greg White is yes. on assignment. He's on like on a sabbatical assignment out there. He's Kevin. on a secret assignment. No, he's a <laughs> secret agent. <laughs> I'm, Kevin, I'm glad someone else. I'm glad you validate my long-held suspicion. But hey, uh, speaking of knowledge and data, and Kevin talked about how important learning is these days. Hey, we've got a great webinar coming up later this week, June 22nd. That's Thursday. Man, it's hard to believe we're almost rolling into July, Kevin. So oh, making plans, making plans. Uh, hey, <laughs> this is a special webinar time, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Central, that's uh, CET. Uh, I guess that's Central European time. Feeling the squeeze? 
Well, we're going to talk about how to meet those on-time and full targets in a very uncertain world with our friends from E2Open and KPMG. So don't miss that uh, webinar this coming uh, Thursday. It's free to join, but hey, you got to make sure you register. We've got the link to do so in the comments there. Okay, so Kevin. Yeah. One thing we'll move on. One thing we'll move on. I want to highlight something. Your invite is is actually um, starting the plan for the Fourth of July. Independence ah, okay. Here in the United States. Okay, this is a special Independence Day. Did you know that? No. Please tell me. So, so it's it's you know every year it's July Fourth, but this year July Fourth falls on Tuesday. Tuesday. So, yeah. So so look. Good thing is, you can, you have to have the party over the weekend, right? Because it's in the middle of the week. All right. So that means you can tell your boss, hey, I got to take Friday off so I can prepare for my Independence Day party over the weekend, right? <laughs> so then you have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Monday is a holiday because it's 4th of July. Right. And then you have your holiday on Tuesday, <laughs> which is the fourth. And then Wednesday, if you have a big party on the fourth, you can't come to work. <laughs> so look at it. One, two, three, four, five, six day holiday. So you really got to make plans. The whole week. The whole week. <laughs> um, and I remember, you know, I, I know you, when you were in the Navy, you may remember this too. Occasionally, when the July 4th would fall on a Thursday or a Tuesday, our base commander occasionally would shut down you know, everything but uh, 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 the critical operations, right. and we would have, to your point, Kevin, that four-day holiday. That was a that was a bunch of fun. <laughs> I, I, I spent all my E two or E three money at the time, and there wasn't a whole bunch of that. All right. So speaking of travels and uh, incredible people, I want to, Kevin, if you got a couple minutes, yeah, I hope you do. I want to share about some of our experiences. As Amanda and I went to uh, South Africa last week. You know, it's on my bucket list. I want to do a safari. Oh, Kevin, I tell you, we're going to, um, when you're ready to, to plan that trip, mm -hmm. we've got the experts that we'll connect you with and you'll have a great trip just like we did. So we went down there. Um, Kevin, you may know we've been investing in the uh, supply chain leadership across Africa series here at Supply yes. Chain now for a couple of years now. And Amanda, and by the way, Amanda and Catherine, big thanks to both of y'all behind the scenes helping to make uh, the show happen. I'm not sure how many episodes we're up to. I want to say probably about two dozen is my guess. But anyway, so we've been conducting that series, Kevin, with Jenny Froome and Sapix for a couple of years now. And I'll tell you, it was wonderful to be IRL in real life with uh, mm -hmm. this wonderful supply chain ecosystem of brilliant people and companies really across the African continent. Yeah, it was in Cape Town, South Africa. But there were folks from Nigeria, Mozambique, uh, you, all, right. all different countries across Africa right. and Europe and, of course, the States. It was just a, a great – I think our dinner, Kevin, the dinner, uh, which kind of was like the closing ceremonies, yeah. we had more than 35 countries represented um, as part of that dinner. Wow, that's huge. So, Kevin, have you ever, ever heard of Table Mountain? Uh, no. So check this out. I, so, that must be it right there. Yeah, so this is the waterfront. As we learned, this is just a portion. The waterfront's massive, um, but it's uh, really a, a commerce center, probably the commerce center of Cape Town. So if you ever go to 
Cape Town, you want to hit the waterfront. But here, right behind, mm-hmm. you see uh, this is Table Mountain here. Massive. It's iconic. It, it, almost anywhere you go in Cape Town, you <laughs> okay. look over your shoulder and you've got. Slide as a table. <laughs> yes, that's right. Hence the name. And then over here, <laughs> over here on the left is Devil's Peak. And then on the right, you can't see it, but you got Lion's Head over there. So, so just the gorgeous mountain range, urban mountain range, really was uh, fascinating to see. Um, and get this, a couple of my favorite quotables, Kevin. So I sit down, we did nine interviews in a single day, and then we had several nice. exchanges. Yeah, we were, hey, Kevin. A lot of work. We were working. Yes, sir. No, I don't believe it. You're, you're just trying. Are you all there vacationing? I understand. <laughs> well, well, you mentioned safaris. I learned that there are no tigers in the entire African continent. I did. I got to admit, I didn't know that. So I think uh, uh, several folks chuckled at me when I said, I'd like to see a tiger or two during my time. So <laughs> I'll put that aside for now, but Hey, Azuka Okeke, uh, incredible supply chain practitioner and leader. She said, and this was inspiring to me, at least quote action. Don't just have policies. Don't just have strategies. Make sure you act on them. Make sure you are accountable for them and deliver to impact in quote. Yes. Kevin, she said that on cue. She didn't. I mean, it was like, it, it was like, you know, give us one thing that supply chain leaders, business <laughs> leaders need to keep in mind. And it was eloquent. If we'd had Academy Award there, we would have had presented wow. it to Azuka. But Kevin, your thoughts around uh, paralysis by analysis and, you know, the best of lip service, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, lead to action, right? So it, it um, uh, what immediately comes to mind is FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Uh, and that's the enemy of action. FUD is the enemy of action. So uh, you need to really um, understand challenges. You got to understand the good and bad, the pros and cons of, of every action. So it's not to say that you don't do analysis, okay? But also, don't be afraid of making a decision. Mm. And and the reason you can't be afraid is because you can always change, all right? There's nothing that really locks you in forever. You can always change, and you should always change. Whenever you make a decision, you also have to consider what if it doesn't go right? How do, how do I... Uh, back out of that decision, uh, or right. how you are reset from that decision. So all of that is needed beforehand, but don't fail to make the decision. Yes, I'm with you. Well said, Kevin. You get an Academy Award as well. Always <laughs> poetic. And uh, <laughs> the acceptance speech coming up soon. But uh, folks, so check that out. We're gonna And we're going to be releasing these interviews soon. The other thing I really loved, and there were so many, I had you know mm-hmm. my 17 pages notes. So Deborah Dole, a friend of the show, uh, was there as well. And you know, she led off our time together, Kevin, by making a very simple but really important observation. And she's traveled the world much like you, Kevin, extensively. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Hey, every time, and I'm paraphrasing, but she says, every time uh, you know, uh fly around the world and and visit folks, especially in Africa, I'm reminded that people are kind. And Kevin, that really you know me, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff because I believe it in my heart, right? It's really important. 
And uh, that just was a great way to start my session with Deborah. So stay tuned for that as well. And Kevin, I know you believe that as well, right? I've heard it said before, positive mutual assumptions. We can't let our brain assume that folks are out for the worst things. You know, it doesn't mean we don't, yeah. we don't you know, keep our head on a pivot and, and trust, trace, and verify. A little play on what you shared earlier, Kevin. But people are kind. Kevin, your thoughts? 99% of the people that you interact with will, will treat you right and do the right thing when, when faced with a decision. It's that 1% you have to worry about. Uh, but don't ever, I try not to ever assume that any action is based upon malice. Mm. Because even if someone does something that may hurt you or may be against what, what your, your goals are, you need to keep thinking that, you know, the overwhelming issue is that most people will not or don't take action in knowledge, right? People make mistakes. People take action based on lack of knowledge or misunderstanding of knowledge. But that's not malice. That's not right. because they are trying to hurt you. So don't assume that people are doing things just to hurt you. That's, that's hardly ever. Kevin, well said. Well said. Point I want to share is big thanks to our dear friends, a man on behalf of me and Amanda, the whole fam, uh, Jenny and Clive Froome, and of course, uh, Ken and Pat Titmus, uh, who showed us around Cape Town uh, one uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday during the day. And we went to Kevin. Everyone hears about yeah. the penguins in Cape Town. But unfortunately, yeah. the, the penguins are fighting to protect their numbers. We learned a ton at a uh, a rescue center uh, where the, where um, wow. they rehabilitate all, a variety of birds, but including penguins who are uh, the African penguin is really facing an uphill battle. Uh, so, Kevin, when you're ready to book, and hey, I'm not a travel agent, Kevin. But you come. <laughs> <laughs> you got the list, though, right? <laughs> That's right. I got a book somewhere, but we'll get you connected. One of those notes. That's right. Um, all right. So, Kevin, I've got a little bonus question here. But we're going to make sure folks know how to connect with you in the Digital Transformers series. And uh, we got a, we got lots of shows. you got like a hit factory. It's like Motown uh, over there, Digital Transformers. But, hey. Yeah, we've got a lot in the can right now. That's for sure. We absolutely do. So, before we talk about that for a second, you, um, as you return from Egypt, it's probably about, it's been about two years ago or so. We got some really cool footage. I saw you of your travels. I saw some great interviews. And now you're going back to Dubai. I think I heard in a few more weeks. What was yep. one, you know, we, we have international flair here today. What is one of your favorite um, eureka moments or observations from your time in Egypt uh, a few weeks ago? Well, you know, sort of um, the view on life. <laughs> was one of uh, how, how do Egyptians view life was it was very enlightening to me. Um, you know, COVID is not that far away, right? Uh, you know, it's 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 sort of murking right there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting ready to go take my next booster, <laughs> like everyone should. I'm gonna right. put, put a plug there. But um, uh, we, we went out and we were at the market in in Cairo, the old market in Cairo. And uh, the, my, my host asked me, Amir, he said, hey, want to go eat dinner? I said, yeah, I mean, lunch. Let's go eat lunch. So, so we went and we ate lunch. And he, he ordered and, and, and all the food came. 
uh, but there's no utensils on on the on the table. So I remember me being a you know snotty nose American. I'm saying, with, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, maybe you don't have fork, but at least have a chopstick or something. <laughs> so, so um, but Amir, you know, all the food comes, and Amir just starts digging in. He puts his hands in the food and starts eating this. He puts his hand over his nose and starts eating. And he said, "Come on, eat." I said, "Oh, don't bring your tongue." Said, "No, we, we eat with our hands here in Egypt." And I, I said, "Okay." Um, and I've been in places where um, I've been in the Middle East before, and I right. eaten with my hands. It's not like I'm, you know, snooty or anything like that. But, <laughs> but you know, COVID was just. We've all been <laughs> trained these last few years. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, it was like, you mean you know you don't have. Gloves to put on, you know, to eat with your hands at least, you know. And I and I said, okay, let's eat here. But tell me, you know, just a few months ago, we had a global lockdown uh, on, on because of COVID, and you know, people just wouldn't touch anything, right? Let alone food. Um, and and I said, did you know during the lockdown? Yeah, lockdowns here. He said, yeah, we had lockdowns. Uh, so when you had lockdowns, did you still eat with your hands? You said, well, yes, of course we'll eat with our hands. <laughs> you said, you know, um, uh, eating is uh, just like uh, building camaraderie and building trust uh, right. across the, the community. And uh, if you can't eat with your family and friends, uh, then there's no real reason to live <laughs> mm. so we said well you know if we can't eat with our hands and with our family and our friends then so be it right we're, we're going to enjoy life mm. even with covid and we're not going to worry about covid and we're going to eat with our hands and it was just a, a you know just then it said you're absolutely right yes. no matter what whatever no matter what challenge you have in life, life is about maintaining your relationship with your family and your friends. Mm. And if that means eating with my hands during COVID, so be it. Mm. <laughs> Kevin, I'm I, uh, I'm so glad you shared that. And in a broader sense, something you shared there, you know, the power of breaking bread with people, regardless of yeah. what your utensil is of choice. Man, there's immense power there. And there's, there's, you know, uh, life I've, as I've come to appreciate it more and more with three kids, you know, cause your, 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 uh, your mindset shifts, right. Yes. And evolves as you get older, but life more and more is about the simple things, including having meals with your, your folks you, that you've known for a long time and folks you just yeah. met, met. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that, Kevin. All right. So, and another, one of the little, little factoid, a lot of folks may not know, Kevin, that when you were, Prior to big things in business, when you were still in the military, you were part of, uh, I guess I'll use a diplomatic mission for lack of a better phrase, but you were you were kind of like part of delegations in different countries, including the Middle East. Is that right, Kevin? Uh, yes, I, I actually did a lot of, um, in, in the military, you would do exchange duty, right? And where you would work, uh, go and work with another uh, country and learn about how they operating how, how they work and uh mm. did a lot of work with with, with nato so um it, it's really important to understand 
that every society has its own norms, but none of them are, uh, they're just different. They're not right. good or bad. They're, I mean, they're just different. And it's important to understand uh, how culture plays in, mm. in all that we do as humans. That's right. All right. So the hits continue with Digital Transformers, folks. Uh, if you haven't yet, you're, if you're one of the three people out there that haven't checked it out yet, <laughs> do so. You can find yeah. Digital Transformers with Kevin L. Jackson wherever you get your podcast from. But Kevin, tell us, uh, let's see, you've got a, we're about to drop an episode tomorrow, I think, Kevin. Is that right? Uh, not tomorrow, but we just, just last week, we uh, released just last week. an IBM uh, episode that I recorded from SAP Sapphire. Uh, and that that was that was a that's a that was a really great opportunity. I in uh, Orlando, Florida, I was working with both SAP and IBM. Did like uh, five uh, recordings uh, interviews while we were there, and uh, they're all in our, uh, our edit shop right now. <laughs> so uh, and then we we came back and we have about AT and T show. Yep. That's uh, going to be coming out uh, in in two weeks. Uh, so we're actually, we're actually, and then next month, I think we have two shows coming out next month. And then um, I, I tell you, it's uh, it's been. You say summer is supposed to get easy. No, yes. it's a lot. I mean, it's jumping up. And then <laughs> we're going to go. Like I said, we're going to be in Dubai, where we're doing a, a Beyond Cloud um, event. Yes. Uh, in uh, Dubai, uh, and that's going to be with uh, Amazon Web Services. We're going to do a lot of, uh, we're going to uh, do some uh, interviews there as well. So um, there's a lot going on. Stay tuned for the digital transforms. It's coming. It's coming. It's already here, but we got a lot more coming. All right. So, and Kevin, if you have beyond finding digital transformers with Kevin L. Jackson, wherever you get your podcast from, how else do folks want to compare notes with you? If they want to talk shop, they want to have you come out and speak to their event or what have you, how can folks connect yeah. with you? LinkedIn is always easy. It's always the best. Um, and, or on Twitter, uh, Kevin underscore Jackson. And you can also find me on uh, Facebook, uh, on Instagram, uh, Kevin Jackson underscore tech and on TikTok. Man, <laughs> As well. everywhere, I'm everywhere, everywhere. I'm everywhere. And, and you, you join us here every, I think third Monday. Right, of each of each month. Second Monday, every second Monday. Second we didn't Monday, do the last Monday, but normally every second Monday. This is a solid yes. week for digital transformers on the buzz. I Our travel got in the way. That's right. So you can find Kevin here beyond all those places. You can find him here on the buzz on every second Monday of the month. Yeah, Kevin, always a pleasure hanging out it's with fun. Kevin L. Jackson. We're not have a time on well, now. <laughs> We're right up against it, <laughs> right up against it. Uh, but Kevin, Kevin L. Jackson with Digital Transformers, appreciate all you do. Love our time together well, and you. all that we learned from you, you and your expertise oh. and your travels. This is great. I mean, uh, please have me back on your show. <laughs> we, hey, we sure will. We sure will. But folks, hopefully, and thanks for everyone. And, and, and hey, look, I, I apologize. I know we couldn't recognize the many comments. We'll go back and we're going to dive into the LinkedIn mechanism there. But hey, hopefully you enjoyed the conversation that Kevin and I had here. Chock full of practical takeaways, I believe. But it's about picking one and putting it into action. You got to make a decision eventually or you certainly will be paralyzed. And that doesn't do anyone good. 
So deeds, not words. Yep. Don't be afraid. As Kevin shared, take action. Hey, even go find uh crazy old uncle Jimmy and sit down and break bread with him. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a good thing to do, but Hey, whatever you do, folks, kidding aside, Hey, happy Juneteenth to all the folks out there. Do your homework, dive into the history of the holiday and the significance. And more importantly, of how we can use it as a vehicle globally to do the right thing and eradicate modern slavery and human trafficking. So on behalf of Kevin L. Jackson, our rest of our team here at Supply Chain Now and Digital Transformers, Scott Luton signing off for now, challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. We'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.